What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, so on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something um, a little bit more practical because, um, you know, on my podcast, I talk a lot about revelation, receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. And really, what is revelation? Revelation is having the eyes of your spirit open that you can see something in the word of God, that you can see spiritual things. Sp- it's having spiritual vision, like it says in Ephesians, the eyes of your heart being flooded with light. So really, that's revelation. It's being able to see what God has in store for you. It's being able to see your inheritance in Christ, what Christ has done for you. And really that's what empowers you to, to experience those things because, uh, you know, you can't walk into something that you haven't first seen with the eyes of your spirit. And, you know, that's why God told Abraham, lift up your eyes. And as far as your eyes can see, it will be the land that I've given unto you. So you can't, you cannot possess land that you have not first seen with the eyes of your spirit. So, and that's why it's so important to press in for revelation knowledge of the word of God. And so I want, before I get too much into this, I want to read this scripture in first Corinthians chapter two. Many people have heard this scripture. And if you read this whole chapter, Paul is talking about the wisdom of God that was revealed in Christ and how the religious people, they missed it. They didn't recognize they didn't recognize Jesus because it says if they had if they had known, if they had recognized him, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. And then in verse nine, it says, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard and is not entered into the heart of man, that is what God has prepared and keeps ready for those who love him. So if you're a believer, that's you, those who love him. There are, there are things that are beyond man's comprehension that God has prepared and is keeping ready for you to walk into. It's not like we're trying to get God to do something great for us. He actually already has things prepared for you. In Ephesians, it says that, that there are good things that God has prearranged and predestined for you to walk into. So it's already there. God is keeping it ready for you right? So how, how then do we experience these things? So the next verse, it says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed these things by his spirit. So, so what Paul is is saying here is that God has these things prepared for you. And what does that mean? Things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, that, that have never entered into the heart of man. It's talking about things that are completely supernatural things that when people see what God has done in your life, they will say, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never heard of something happening like this before. I've never even imagined that something this amazing could take place. That's what it's talking about. The supernatural. And you know, our lives as Christians are, are, are meant to be supernatural. You know, if you're not experiencing the supernatural in your life, I want you to know that God has more in store for you. And I believe that that's why many Christians get complacent and stagnant in their walk with God because they don't have a revelation of the fullness of what God has in store for them. So they're, they're comfortable with where they're at right now in life. You just get comfortable. You think, man, this is my Christian life. God's just helping me to survive. 
this. You know, I'm just, I'm just doing my thing. God is good. Amen. But what you need to understand and have a revelation of the Holy Spirit wants to reveal these things to you, that there are things that have not even yet entered your heart that you can't even conceive with the natural mind. Those are the things that God has in store for you. So, so You're never going to experience these things unless you press in for the revelation of them. Because a lot of times people are waiting for God to do something out here in their life. They're waiting for the supernatural to drop into their lap. But you have to understand these things first, you have to have the revelation of them in in your spirit. God can't do through you what he hasn't first done on the inside of you. So until you get a revelation in your spirit, it's it's never going to be able to be manifested in your life because in in the revelation that you receive from the holy ghost when the holy spirit shows you let me tell you when the holy spirit shows you the things that god has prepared and 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 keeps ready for you in that revelation is the grace that you need to walk into it you know, because if you don't know that there's more that God has in store for you, that's how people become complacent. But I want to tell you that where you're at right now, it is not where God wants you to stay. There is more that God has in store for you. And so really it's up to us to press in to receive revelation of those things. So, you know, because these things are not automatic, they don't just drop in our laps. Okay. So, so really what I want to talk about on this podcast is Uh, You know, that was just the intro there. So what I want to talk about is practically how can we position ourselves to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit? Because I believe, you know, obviously, if you hear that, of course, you want to you want the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. Of course, these wonderful things, you know, so that you can so that you can walk into them so that you can experience them in your life. But but practically, you know, how can we position ourselves to see those things? To have spirit are the eyes of our spirit enlightened. Because you know, I was thinking about this just, you know, the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, it says that uh if you read the story, he was a man uh, who he was short <laughs> and he couldn't see over the crowds. He wanted to see Jesus, but there was things that were blocking him from seeing Jesus. So it says that he climbed a tree in order to see Jesus and Jesus noticed him. A- and it says, you know, that he came to his house and whatever. So really there's a position that you must take in order to see. So, you know, Understand that the Holy Spirit is not just going to forcibly show you things, uh, you know, give you revelation. You have to position yourself in order to have these revelations from the Spirit of God. There's a position that we must take. And so I'm going to talk about three things. Uh, there's probably more than this, but these are just three things that the Holy Spirit put in my put in my heart to share on. And so one of them is in the same chapter. The first one how can you position yourself to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit? Number one, you have to be spiritual. You have to be spiritual. And so 1 Corinthians 2, 14, it says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. They are meaningless to him. Another version says, because they are spiritually discerned. So the natural man cannot receive revelation from the spirit of God. 
because they are spiritually discerned. So it's going to take you being a spiritual person. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I was just, I, I thought about the story of Mary and Martha. And um, if you've read that story, you know, Martha was busy serving and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus hearing the word. And I was thinking about this because a lot of times, you know, people can fall into, they feel like they're spiritual because they're serving. They're running around doing all these things for Jesus. They're sitting in church. They're doing a lot of churchy things, right? But understand that doing churchy things doesn't necessarily make you spiritual. Because really, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. He said she has chosen the good portion. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus hearing the word. And Jesus is the, the words that I speak, they are spirit. So if you want to be spiritual, being spiritual is, is being filled with the word of God on the daily. It's what do you do? You know, yeah, people, a lot of people sit in church. That doesn't mean they're spiritual. It's really, what do you do on the day in and the day out? What is, what is, you know, what dominates your thoughts most of the time? You know, really uh, reading your Bible every day, you want to be spiritual, you know, and okay, so I said, it's not doing churchy things. So that's like an external thing. But also on the other side, it's not this super ethereal thing where you're just like in the realms of God all the time. And you can't even have a conversation with somebody because you're just like in the clouds all the time. That's not necessarily being spiritual. Being spiritual is hearing the word of God and doing it. It, it, it's being consistent. It's being disciplined in the things of God that you read your Bible. You, you pray daily. What do you do when no one's watching? What do you do behind closed doors? Do you actually do the word of God? Because you, anybody can say, you know, like, oh yeah, I believe this. I believe that. But what do you do when no one's watching? Do you, do you, are you a doer of the word? That's being spiritual is reading your Bible and doing it and speaking the word of God. Really, that's that's being spiritual. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, the scripture that I read at first, it says the natural man can't receive the things of the spirit of God. So the more of God's word you have in you, the more spiritual you become. And on the other hand, the more your mind is dominated by not the not the word of God, your mind is dominated by the things of the natural realm. You know, you're not going to be able to receive revelation from the Lord. If all you think about, if you're consumed with your life in the natural, you're consumed with, uh, you know, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to do with your friends on the weekend. If that's all you think about, I'm not saying you can't think about those things. I'm just saying if you are consumed with the natural right? Then, then you're not, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. And I was thinking about this, uh, you know, if you read in Genesis, the story of Esau and Jacob, you know, Jacob, uh, he offered, so Esau was the firstborn. So he had, he had, uh, he had a birthright, right? And it says that he traded his birthright for a bowl of soup because he was hungry. So Jacob wanted to steal his birthright from his older brother. And all he had to do was offer Esau. He said, if I give you this bowl of soup, like I'm going to take your birthright. And Esau said, sure thing. I'm starving. 
<laughs> and in the message version, it says Esau shrugged off his birthright and because he was, he was literally, he was hungry. And so a lot of people, they trade their birthright or their inheritance in Christ for, you know, a bowl of soup. What does that mean? That for, for the things of the natural, the carnal things, how you feel right now, oh, well, I'm hungry right now, so I'm going to eat this meal and, you know, I'm going to satisfy my natural man because, because there's no care for, for your birthright, your inheritance in Christ. You know, so a lot of times people trade what God has in store for them for the natural things, natural things. Well, I just feel this way right now. So I'm going to eat this bowl of soup. Oh, I just feel like sleeping around right now. So I'm just going to do that instead of, instead of, uh, serving the Lord. I just feel like, um, I just feel like not going to church this month because I just been super busy. <laughs> I just feel like not fasting because I just want to eat. I just want to eat. So I'm not going to fast and pray, even though, you know, so really people trade, they sell out their birthright, their inheritance in Christ. They sell out on what God has in store for them because, because they want, they, they're natural. They're dominated by the natural man. They want, they want food. They want to do this. They want to sleep more. They want to do what makes them feel good. And so really That's why you have to be spiritual. In order to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit, it's going to take discipline to to actually be spiritual. (laughs) So that's number one. You have to be spiritual. And uh, the Holy Spirit will help you. You ask the Lord. You really, all of these things I'm going to talk about, the Holy Spirit will help you to position yourself. So that's the first one. Be spiritual. This is the next one. Uh is the fear of the Lord. So in order to receive revelation of these wonderful things that God has in store for you, you have to fear the Lord because the Bible says in uh, Proverbs 1, 7, says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So before you're gonna tap into any of the wisdom of God, you first must fear the Lord. And so there's a lot of things that go into this topic, the fear of the Lord. I actually have a podcast on the fear of the Lord that you can go and listen to. Um, but one of the things when I was thinking about this that I that came to my mind was obviously fear of the Lord. That means honor for the Lord, your honor for God. And, you know, I was thinking about that scripture in Proverbs says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. And what is that talking about? It's talking about your finances. And so really, if you want to do a good litmus test of your honor or your fear for the Lord, you know, take a look at your bank account. (laughs) Because really, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. When you honor the Lord, you want to bring him your best. You want to bring him the first fruits of all your increase. Because why? Your money, it's a lot more than just money. Your money represents what you spend all your time and energy on. Because, right, because you get paid uh, f- from your job. So what you're putting your time, your energy, your strength, your effort into is your job so that you can get a paycheck. So your money represents your life. It represents your strength. It represents your time. Your money represents everything that you're doing. So when you, when you honor the Lord with your wealth, with your money, right? It shows that you honor the, it shows that you're honoring the Lord. And that's where your heart is at really. And you know, I'm telling you, and people don't like this probably, but there's a huge correlation between your attitude towards money and the amount of revelation that the Lord will entrust to you. 
Because, and, and there's a scripture to back that up. Jesus said, if, if I can't trust you with unrighteous mammon, talking about money, how can I trust you with true spiritual riches? So if God can't trust you with money, in abundance of money, if God can't trust you in that area, how is God going to trust you with the anointing? How is God going to trust you with revelation knowledge? How is God going to trust you with, with spiritual things that are much greater than money? Money is like the lowest thing. So really, you know, that's why it's important. Your attitude towards money, honoring the Lord with your money sh- shows your reverence and your honor towards the Lord. And so another thing I was thinking about with the fear of the Lord, you, you know, your finances is one way you could look at it. Um, another way. So Proverbs eight thirteen, I love this scripture. This is like the definition of the fear of the Lord. It says to fear the Lord is to hate evil. So that's the definition of the fear of the Lord. So the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And what is the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, to hate evil. And so, and then it says, that, uh, right after that, it says pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. So having a hatred for pride and arrogance And honestly, what I was thinking about this, you know, having a hatred for evil is is not being all buddy buddy with the things of the world. What what is pride? Having a hatred for pride and arrogance. uh, One way that people are prideful, it's very prideful to think that you can be all buddy buddy with the world and think that it won't affect you. It's very prideful to think that you can you can walk the line of sin and think that you're not going to fall into it. That's pride. Pride is is watching filthy stuff on TV and thinking that, oh, it's not going to affect me. I'm pretty spiritual. Pride is thinking that, oh, I can skip church for this month because honestly, like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. It's not going to affect me. That's pride. Really, pride is, is you know, that's prideful. And so, so really to hate evil is to be as far away from, the, from, from evil, from perverse things that you could possibly be. It should disgust you. Perver- it, says this, uh, it says perverse speech, I hate. When people tell perverted jokes, it should, it should disgust you. In another, another scripture, it actually says, take no part in perverted jokes and coarse jokes. That should totally disgust you to hate what God hates. And, you know, don't feel condemned. Maybe you're thinking like, honestly, I don't really like feel a hatred toward those things. This is not to make you feel condemned. All you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit, help me to hate what you hate and love what you love. And the Holy Spirit will do a work in your heart. And really, he'll cause you to to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And really, that is the fear of the Lord. So when you fear the Lord, the more, the farther you get from evil, the farther you get from the things of the world, the more consecrated you are to the Lord and and that you're in a better position to receive revelation from the Holy Ghost. Because you're not going to receive revelation if you're all, you know, you're still entangled with the things of the world. If you're still, and, and this is a good example of this. Abraham didn't receive a spiritual vision until he departed from Lot. And you can go read about that in Genesis. I'm not going to get into it. But the point is, there's certain people in your life that will block your spiritual vision. Yes, 
This, yes. There are certain people in your life that will actually hinder your spiritual vision. And people wonder why they don't have revelation. Well, Psalms 1 says, blessed is the man who doesn't hang around with mockers. If you're hanging out with people that mock what you believe, you know, that could hinder your spiritual vision. Hanging out with people, it says uh, sitting in the seat of the scornful, people who who scorn and mock the things of God. You don't want to be hanging out with people like that. You don't want to hang out with people who, who mock what you believe who, who, who love perverse things, you you know, so hanging out with people like that will block your spiritual vision. And so you can read about that with Abraham and Lot. As soon as Lot departed from him, Abraham was, he said, the Lord told Abraham, lift up your eyes and see what the land that I'm giving you. So it wasn't until Abraham departed company with people who were wicked. So that's the second one, the fear of the Lord. And this is the last one. Uh, Joy. If you want to position yourself to have revelation from the Lord, you have to guard your joy. This is so important, honestly. Um, So Isaiah 12, 3, it says, With joy, you shall draw forth water out of the wells of salvation. So that first scripture I read in 1 Corinthians 2, it says that the Holy Spirit is searching out the bottomless things of God, things that are hidden beyond man's scrutiny. So there is a bottomless well of revelation. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is constantly searching out the deep things of God because he wants to reveal them to you. He wants to unveil them to you. But understand that it says joy with joy is how you will draw forth water out of these wells. So it's important that you guard your joy. The Bible also says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you're not going to have strength to draw out of the wells if you don't have joy. So it's important that you guard your joy. You got to do whatever you got to do, you know, to, to keep your joy. And it can even be like practical things. I remember a few years ago, a few years ago, I had an attack on my joy. And I remember the Holy Spirit, the Holy, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you. The Holy Spirit quickens me. If you, if you don't deal with this attack on your joy, it's going to block you from revelation. So I knew I have to get out of this. And even the Holy Spirit told me, um, like practical, natural things, because this was like during, uh, right when COVID happened and everybody was inside working from home and the, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, you need to get outside and get vitamin D. <laughs> So that's like a very practical, natural thing. But like literally the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. You need to do whatever you need to do to guard your joy. You need to to literally like get around people that make you laugh. If you hang out with people that constantly drain you and make you depressed and they're always complaining about life and they're miserable, you need to get around people that are going to, that are going to make you laugh, that are going to bring you joy. Get in a Holy Ghost meeting where, where there is joy, because I'm telling you, you must guard your joy. If you're a miserable person that complains all the time, you are not positioned to receive revelation from the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you. So you first need to get yourself in an atmosphere of joy. And do you, you got to do whatever you got to do. I mean, watch a funny video. I mean, call somebody on the phone that is just really funny and makes you laugh. <laughs> you got to do whatever you got to do, because with joy, that is how you will be able to draw from the wells of salvation. So 
I just want to encourage you. You must guard your joy. Guard your joy. You know, it's so important. And um, another thing I was thinking about with this was in also in the book of Genesis with Isaac, the, the Isaac's name means laughter. And it talks about how the wells that his father dug, the Philistines, which were their enemies, actually clogged their wells with dirt and all this kind of stuff. But it says that Isaac unclogged the wells. So laughter and joy is what unclogs the wells of salvation. There's a well on the inside of you of the life of God, the power of God, the revelation of God. But it it is joy and laughter that will unclog those wells. Because a lot of times the devil will come and he'll try to put heaviness on you. He'll try to put depression on you. He'll try to put, um, you know, negativity on you. And it clogs up the wells of salvation on the inside of you. But as you position yourself, to, to, to be filled with joy and to laugh, that's what unclogs the wells of salvation. So it's important to guard your joy. And so obviously those are just three things. I'm sure there's more things than that. And the Holy Spirit will show you, maybe there's things that are blocking you from receiving revelation. But as you position yourself, I believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna begin to unveil things and show you things that God has in store for you. And that vision that God gives you is what's gonna propel you to continue to press on, to continue to move forward, to continue to advance, advance and to never quit until you see the things that God has promised you come to pass in your life in Jesus mighty name. This is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.